the what if challenge number two. Welcome, time travelers, to the second episode in my series called The What If Challenge. As a reminder, I have purchased tons of single issues of this old series from Marvel called What If, in which we get these different parallel universe stories. Uh, We find out what would happen if characters would have made different choices in the stories that we'd read in Marvel history. So, last On the last challenge, we did a Spider-Man-centric episode, including the very first issue of What If called What If Spider-Man Had Joined the Fantastic Four. Uh, This this challenge is going to be focusing in on Captain America. Now, something I'd done a while back now, I had this idea for the What If Challenge for months, really, and finally got to recording them here just in this month. But uh, what I did is I separated all of the What If comics I have into stacks of three so i tried to theme them together and we just did the spider-man one like i said last last time and i had wanted to do uh what if captain america had been elected president because it seems sort of timely because we're in the midst of the secret empire storyline where captain america is in a position of power and uh, maybe not using it in the best way so definitely wanted to read that and i grouped it together with two issues that again this is not how I'll typically do these episodes, but these happen to go together, parts one and part two. And if you remember from the Spider-Man What If that I did last time, the What If Challenge that is, uh, the, the first issue I did was What If Spider-Man Had Joined the Fantastic Four. And then the next two I did happened to connect. I didn't realize when I'd started the podcast that the two issues ran back to back. And in the uh, captions there, they had noted that this is the first time that what if had ever been a two-part story. So as it turns out, when I selected what if Captain America had been elected president, the two that I had grouped it with were parts one and part two. So we'll do that again. But like I, like I said, just remember, going forward, we'll typically have stories that are only uh, one and done. But I guess we'll have to break the rules sometimes. So the other two we'll be covering today are what if Captain America were revived today? Part one and then part two. So same title, different parts, and it looks like this probably was from the 90s, but I'll give you the exact stats later. So what if Captain America were were revived in the 1990s? That's what that story is. So first off, though, I want to read through this President Captain America one, and as with the last time I recorded, I haven't read these issues yet. I'm going to pause, read it, come back, give a quick review, pause, go read the next one, review, and that's how we're going to do this recording here. So... Here we go. Pausing and heading into the first issue. All right, I'm back. That was a long issue. So I think what is happening here is these old ones, these old what-if issues from Volume 1 are double-sized and just have a ton of content. And then when I get to the 90s read, uh, they're shorter. They're more average comic size. I think that's what I experienced last time, too, where... Issue one took a long time to get through, but then I read the next two from volume two quicker. So for more on that, go back to what if challenge number one. But I'm here to finally talk about, well, 
for me finally because i've been reading for a long time but for you just a, a second i guess but here i am to talk about what if issue number 26 has a cover date of april 1981 but was on sale on january 27th 1981 cover price was 75 cents so we've got uh denny o'neill listed as the editor no writer given the uh, actually the credits here are kind of interesting i'm gonna flip open to this page it says denny o'neill editor jim shooter ballot box stuffer this is based on an idea by roger roger mckenzie and don perlin with the creative contribution of Roger Stern and John Byrne. So, don't know who the actual writer is, but... Oh, wait, 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 wait a second. Here we go. I found it. Yes, Mike W. Barr, writer of this first story. Now, this issue has three different stories. Two what-if stories and one short backup story called... Let me flip back there. I think it's Untold Tales. It is... Yes, Untold Tales of the Marvel Universe. So that third one is actually in canon, in the 616 canon, whereas the other two are just what-if stories. So first up, what if Captain America had been elected president? Basically, in the original continuity, in the well, the 616 continuity, Captain America had been, um, let's see, I think it says in issue number 250, it looks like, someone approached cap about running for president and he eventually decides not to but in this one they show you some scenes from that past issue and then have him change his mind that he will run for president so sure enough he decides or sorry sure enough he he is elected he has decided to uh, choose the running mate of andrew jackson hawk a senator in the Marvel continuity. Now, I had to look this guy up to see if he existed outside of this what-if story because I'd never heard of him before. And here's what I found out. He does exist in the 616. Now, when I say 616, that's the mainline Marvel universe, not the parallel universe stories that I'm reading here, but the actual real one. So, Senator Hawk has appeared in 18 different issues, including this what-if issue. So, I should say 17 616 issues and one what-if issue. So he appeared mostly in The Incredible Hulk and in Iron Man, it looks like, in the past. He was a senator, and uh, it's, let's see. Oh, and online I found out that this Earth, where this story is taking place, is uh, Earth 81426. Not that important. I don't think I'll do that every time, but I found it easy, so there we go. And I don't know if there's much to say about him other than yeah, he has appeared. <laughs> That's it. I don't know if he if they ever did anything more with him, but his first appearance was in Iron Man 95 back in 1977. So, here we go. He chooses Andrew Jackson Hawk as his running mate. They uh, become fast friends. Steve decides. At this point in comic history, it looks like no one knew what Steve's secret identity was. So, uh, Cap when he's running for president, he makes a campaign promise that if he's elected, he'll take off his mask and reveal to the world who he is. And when he gets elected, he does just that. It does note that Captain America went up against Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan. And it shows how many votes each or all of them received and how much he destroyed both of them by when it comes to getting the state votes and electoral votes and the popular votes and all that stuff. So that's all listed out here. And that actually Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan both 
both make a brief appearance. I think each of them just in maybe one or two panels. So Cap finds out about um, kind of a, a war happening in a different country, and he's invited to come and help by that country's president. When he gets there, bad news. It turns out that that country's president is actually the Red Skull in disguise. So he gets imprisoned. Then Red Skull broadcasts that on American television. And there is something interesting where Red Skull is saying, in the past, you were just a symbol for the country. But now as the president, you're actually the living embodiment of the country. So any harm I do to you now will be even worse than what I did before. And Red Skull has this powerful satellite weapon up in space. And during a fight with Cap and Red Skull, uh, the satellite ends up getting aimed not at a U.S. city, but back at the location where... Red Skull has taken Steve hostage. But it turns out that uh, Cap, it's not 100% a sacrifice because he does try to escape, but at the same time he realizes that what he's doing could lead to his own death. But Steve allows the satellite weapon to, again, I I don't know if I should say allows because I'm sure he would have preferred to have lived, but... uh, Cap and Red Skull are both killed by this weapon. And then we just go to Cap's funeral. And the shield has survived the this explosion that happened. And the, uh, the Falcon ends up receiving the shield. And then the closing page, we get a little Bible verse. It, that's how it all ends. We, we have the Watcher who is mourning this Earth's Cap being dead. And then we have... Second Timothy four seven, which says, "I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith." So that's it. Twenty three pages in, this story ends, and then I turn and get to a new story. What if the Man Thing had regained Ted Salas's brain? Now, listeners, if you've been checking out the comic book time machine for a while, you know that my co-host Ben Avery loves Swamp Monsters, and in fact has started a series. And I had that series name ready, and I just—I think it's called Swamp Things. But let me just check real quick. Yes, he's been going through and uh, describing different Swamp Things stories. So uh, he's talked about Man Thing. He's talked about—I think the first one he did was It. So yeah, I just talked to Ben via Facebook moments ago and asked him, "Do you want to cover this on your show? On I mean, on your solo episodes when you talk about Swamp Things?" Uh, or should I cover it? And he said he probably would in the future, so I'm going to actually not spoil any of this. I'll just make a few notes. Uh, for me, I think this might be my first ever Man-Thing story. It was pretty good. Uh, I learned more about his origins, even though I've heard Ben talk about Man-Thing before. I don't think I remembered how closely connected Man-Thing's origin story is to Captain America, so I won't say anything more about that. But so there is a connection here to the overall Captain America theme. Uh, and I think I will leave it at that. Ben will cover that on a future episode. For, so watch for that. I will, we'll get a what if man thing centric story. And then finally, so this is another long story. I first I thought this was just a backup, but this is, I mean, basically the cap president story and the man thing story have equal page count. Then there's a short backup called untold tales of the Marvel universe, which I mentioned earlier features the Eternals and I found out from the letter page that this is a new thing that Marvel had started maybe a couple issues before. Um, 
I didn't mention the man thing story was written by, let me just turn back here. I do like to make that note here. Steve Grant. Stephen Grant was the writer and Herb Trimpey was the penciler for this. Okay, back to the untold stories. This one's by Mark Grunewald, it looks like. Uh, so, really short story with the Eternals facing off against a Kree robot. It looks really similar to a, a Sentinel from the X-Men series. Kind of a giant robot. Even the coloring is similar. Uh, but this brings, it looks like Ronan the Accuser brings uh, the Eternals to Ronan the Accuser's uh, attention. And now he's heading off to go find out who destroyed his robot. So it says continued, not to be continued, just continued. I'm sensing that, I mean, I, I don't know where this will be continued. I don't know if this is its own standalone story or if there's just a few pages of a different comic that they're just teasing. But my sense is that this is a standalone story that leads into a different comic series. And as I read through the letters page, somebody had said they they read an issue 23, these untold tales and loved it. And they'd love if that was its own magazine. And then whoever is doing the letter page here said that they didn't think it would become its own book itself, but that they did intend to keep on doing these continuing backup stories here. And it does say there's also a currently a six part Eternals miniseries running. So I don't really know how this untold tales ties into that, but uh, just teasing ahead, they say that we're going to do untold tales of Atlantis, the subterraneans, Wondagore, the war against the demons. Yeah. So just a bunch of stuff. And then there's actually kind of a cool feature in this layers page. It's not any, it's not the full text of the letter. It's just suggestions that people have sent in. So it just gives the what if, blah, 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 and then the person that suggested it. So I'm going to read through these because I know some of these actually do happen. So the suggestions for this one are what if Spider-Man's clone had survived? And I have read that one and I should have loaded it up, but Ben and I have talked about that on this podcast. Should I take the time to find it? I think I will. So... I mean, you know, I love the clone saga from the 90s. And in that, the clone we find out the clone had survived. But at the time of this what if, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just typing in here. At the time of this what if, no one knew that that the clone was actually out there living somewhere. So let me see. When this was, this had to have been about two years ago that Ben Avery and myself got together. It was episode 30 of the Comic Book Time Machine. No, it's not, not episode 30. It was episode 18. What if issue number 30? Oh, wait a second here. I just read 26, so they must have really liked that idea because they put it straight into production. So what if number 30 is, what if Spider-Man's clone lived? And Ben and I talked about that on Comic Book Time Machine episode number 18. So you can go check that out if you want. Uh, Here are some other suggestions. What if the original Nova had not died? What if Medusa remained loyal to the Frightful Four and never rejoined the Inhumans? What if the Vision married Jocasta instead of Scarlet Witch? What if the Hulk had sent was sent back to the age of Conan. What if all 13 X-Men had remained with the team in giant-sized X-Men number one? What if Magneto had recruited the new X-Men to battle the old? What if the Avengers, not the Fantastic Four, had faced Galactus? That'd be kind of cool. I wonder if they're going to do that one. What if Peter Parker married Betty Brant? Here, this next one. I don't think I've ever seen this story, and it seems obvious. What if Aunt May had been killed, not Uncle Ben? Yeah, I want to read that. That'd be interesting. What if Peter Parker had been drafted and sent to Vietnam? What if Ultron put his own personality into the Vision? What if Betty Ross became the She-Hulk? She what if 
Thunderbird had never died? What if Natasha Romanoff became the second Red Guardian? What if her brought Warlock back to life? I think that's Adam Warlock, because I think he used to be called him, but okay. What if Captain America became Director of S.H.I.E.L.D.? That actually did happen in 616. What if the Swordman, Swordsman, Swordsman hadn't died? What if the Wasp died in Avengers number 14? I don't know who this character is, but what if Roseanne Simpson had become the Ghost Rider instead of Johnny Blaze? And finally, what if Korvac had beaten the Avengers and Guardians and used them to battle Eternity? Now, I read the Korvac saga. I don't remember Eternity being a part of that, but that's that. So it says, next issue, because you demanded it, what if Phoenix had lived? You know what? I'll just, I'm just going to say it right now. That's actually going to be the next issue that I talk about in this series. The next what if challenge will be all X-Men slash Phoenix related what if stories. So there's a little tease for a future episode. All right. I'm going to pause this recording and read part one of what if Captain America were revived today. I'll give you the facts about it right now. Uh, This is issue number 67 of the second volume of What If. So the cover day is November 1994, but the on-sale date is September 20th, 1994. Cover price is 150 and uh, writer is Chuck Dixon. So, all right, I'm going to pause it. I'll be back to discuss part one. All right, here I am back with part one of this storyline. An interesting take. I... I think I like where this is going. So this what if spins out of the events of Avengers number four, the original story where Cap was found in the ice. Now, I'm just going to be totally honest. I haven't read that issue, but I know that Namor had a part to play in the story. And so this what if title or this what if uh, individual comic, I should say, tells a story of what if Namor's involvement uh, was a little bit different, so it changed the timeline for how things unfolded, delaying the Avengers a little bit, thus causing them to never meet Cap or never find Cap in the ice. Instead, then, we after this one-page scene where that uh, the original Avengers team is facing off with Namor, that's a one-page scene we find out from a, a narrator who is on. Unnamed. So this is not the Watcher. This is kind of sad. The Watcher is not in this comic. Uh, the narrator kind of explains, okay, things have changed, and now we flash forward, and we're in 1994 when this comic originally came out, and some mysterious people have uncovered Cap. They knew what they were looking for. They say they have a master who has been wanting to find Captain America, uh, but they don't really understand who he is. They don't understand the significance. In 1994, in this world, he's not a recognizable character. So, as he wakes up, uh, as Captain America wakes up, uh, he's kind of coming to, and there's somebody talking to him through an intercom. We don't know who this is, but and like I said, there's no watcher to tell us how this world is different. So instead, this this voice that's talking to Steve Rogers catches him up on what happened. So I'll summarize here for you. So it seems like the early 60s happened the same because we still had the Avengers. Later, we'll see there's other characters that are familiar, like the Fantastic Four. But at some point, the Nazis make a comeback. They have 
some sort of let me see here. I don't, to me, it looks like robots, but let me read the line here. A new breed of American heroes fought valiantly against this menace from the past, but the last stab of the Nazi madmen was not the weakest. The technological advances they had created in their final day, sorry, in the final days of their reign were brought to light in a new era. So, yeah, it looks like these powerful robots are now taking out all of the superheroes we know, such as the Fantastic Four. And uh, the Avengers we see fallen. But now it's a different Avengers team. This is a team that includes Ant-Man, Wasp, Thor, but also Hawkeye. And so, kind of fast-forwarding through, Red Skull makes his return. We see Baron Zemo. Looks like Baron Von Strucker. Maybe Madame Hydra up there. At some point, and I'm I'll just guess either 60s or 70s, they take over. They win the war. It's World War III, basically, and now they've taken over, and they reign supreme in America. They've put all the super-powered beings and the mutants in uh, cages, and uh, they've, they're using power dampeners to keep them imprisoned. So the Nazis are ruling here in this world. So this person is telling Cap, I've found you to help us fight back. I, I have a small rebellion happening here, and I need your help. Uh, so Captain America obviously wants to help. Then a door opens to reveal who is this voice that's been talking to Captain America, and it is none other than Dr. Doom, who says he's not on board with what the Nazis are doing. Then he introduces Steve Rogers to a team of fighters that he has, and he wants Cap to work with them to stop the Nazis. And guess what? It's a team of villains. So here's who I have. A couple of these I wasn't really familiar with, such as a character named Titanium. Don't really know too much about him. I know Atuma, but not well. Gray Gargoyle. Gray Gargoyle. He's there. Uh, I see Claw, Vulture. Vulture looks much different to me. Uh, Abomination and Juggernaut. So that's the team that Dr. Doom wants Cap to lead against the Nazis. So after some back and forth where, of course, the villains aren't happy about this new guy being their new leader, Dr. Doom lays out the plan and sends them on a mission. While on the mission, some of the villains are talking about how they're excited for the payoff for this. They, they want the money that's going to come with this mission. Cap is really confused because he thinks they're just fighting for freedom. And then eventually, one of the villains reveals to Cap that Dr. Doom had been lying to him and that he's working with the Nazis to a certain extent, but also still wants to steal this thing from the Nazis. So their mission is actually to steal some piece of technology, which I don't, I'm not even sure if it's explained what it is. And uh, so while Red Skull and Dr. Doom are in a sense on the same side, Dr. Doom still has his own agenda as well. So this obviously doesn't make Cap happy. He starts fighting with the villains. And just then, a group of heroes smashes through the wall. The issue ends with this line from Wolverine. You might have heard of us, tough guys. We call ourselves the expatriates. So here's who I see. Spider-Man, Human Torch, Jean Grey, Wolverine, and Namor. And it says, to be concluded. So that's in the next issue. All right. So I think we should pause right away so I can uh, 
read the conclusion, tell you how it ends up. I read through the letters page of this, nothing too noteworthy there. Uh, there is, before I wrap up this quick conversation, there is an interesting ad uh, for a TV show version of an 80s movie called Weird Science. And I, I kind of remember this show existing when I was a kid. It was on USA, so it was kind of funny. I love seeing the old ads for things. And this, they also have an ad for the Fleer Marvel Masterpieces uh, like cards. They're like baseball cards, but instead just Marvel characters. And I think I had some of these as well. So, all right. I'm going to pause it. We're going to come back with the conclusion to this story. All right, here I am with the conclusion to this story. And I didn't mention this in the last little segment, but the cover to the last issue, issue 67, where Cap first gets introduced to that team of villains, is a little misleading because you've got on the cover Cap with uh, Titanium, Vulture, uh, Abomination, and Juggernaut. So, you know, I just realized, I never noticed this before, but Dr. Doom's face is almost like a watermark on the back of the cover. So I was surprised when he appeared in that last issue, but I should not have been because he's right there. But anyways, Cap is yelling, Avengers, assemble. But guess what? He never said that one time to this team. In fact, I, I wouldn't say, here's a little spoiler for this next issue as well, either in 67 or 68, I don't think Cap ever considers himself a part of the Avengers. If anything, he kind of joins up with these expatriates. Uh, so a little bit misleading because in the next cover, what made me think of it is the next cover is Cap again yelling Avengers Assemble, but now the team is Spider-Man, Namor, Human Torch, Jean Grey, and Wolverine, who actually in this issue just goes by Logan. I don't think he ever goes by Wolverine as far as I can remember. Uh, and so here we are, issue number 68 in What If Volume 2. Here are some of the details for you. It has a cover date of December 1994, but was actually on sale in, on the date of October 18th, 1994. Cover price, $1.50. Chuck Dixon still writing this one. Uh, it starts off right where the last one left off, of course, uh, with these villains, this Doctor Doom team, uh, facing uh, up against the expatriates with Cap, on the side of the villains, but he recognizes right away the Human Torch and Namor. However, he thinks it's the Jim Hammond Human Torch, and it's actually Johnny Storm. But we'll get into that. So, looks like uh, the heroes are going to attack Cap and the villains. Cap's trying to explain to Namor that, no, I know you, we're friends. Namor doesn't believe him until Cap mentions some secret mission that they were on together in World War II that only Cap would have known about. So... Namor is instantly won over, He and then uh, Steve Rogers joins up with the good guys, who, again, are referred to as the expatriates. So they take out the villains, and from there, it's actually kind of a long battle here. I'm kind of flipping through the pages. So, yeah, they go back and forth quite a bit. And then eventually, the good guys take Cap over to their home base. Uh, the home base has Nick Fury there. And I think I might be skipping ahead. I'm just looking through these pages. Oh, uh, along the way, Red Skull sees a video of what happened and realizes Steve Rogers is back. So he's talking, talking to Madam Hydra. And uh, he doesn't look worried necessarily, but I guess he is a little bit worried, realizing that he's been able to reign pretty easily and this could be a, a problem. So, all right. So Nick Fury and Steve Rogers have a little bit of a reunion because they did know each other back during World War II. Iron Man, Tony Stark, is there in their base. Um, and then we learn from Peter Parker 
why he's on this team. Uh, so he uh, saw a lot of death along the way, including Aunt May was killed when the Nazis took over, and then he was imprisoned. And so interestingly, I mean, it's a very different Peter Parker than who we usually see because he is just full of a desire for revenge. He doesn't even care necessarily about the war as a whole. He just wants to kill the people that are responsible for the death of Aunt May and I'm guessing others that he cared about. Uh, so that will be important later. So make note of that. So then uh, we see Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. They're also helping Nick Fury's team. And again, I say Nick Fury's team. I guess I'm not positive who actually leads the expatriates, but I tend to think that Nick Fury is probably the go-to guy. So we flash to the next scene where Red Skull's base is going to be attacked. Namor, Iron Man, Human Torch, Spider-Man, I think Cap's there. They're all going to head in. And then the Nazis have a secret plan to stop the heroes. And it's the Hulk, a brainwashed Hulk. You can see this piece of machinery on Hulk's head. And they're able to control him and make him attack the good guys. Uh, And then meanwhile... There's a plot point that's not really fully explored, but we've got Logan and Jean Grey talking about her powers, and she does use uh, some sort of big telekinetic force to drive away a lot of the Nazis. And it almost seems like they're hinting at maybe there's some Phoenix thing happening here, but they never really get to that. You know, I didn't mention this, but Black Widow, who, as far as I remember, doesn't have any lines in this book. She's there with Nick Fury's team. Uh, I mean, you can definitely see her, but I don't think she ever plays an important part in this story. Um, eventually, during the fight with both, uh, you know, Baron Zemo, Red Skull, uh, Nazi soldiers, the Hulk, eventually Iron Man is able to take off the helmet off of Hulk, and then Hulk joins up with the good guys. Uh, you know, I've always called this guy Baron Von Strucker, but. I wonder if I'm wrong, because in this comic, they're just calling him Baron Strucker. But it seems like him and Nick Fury in this world have a big rivalry, and I can't remember if that's true in the 616 as well. It's possible. I don't remember. But uh, he's about to kill Fury when Hulk attacks him instead. So so saved. So that's good. Um, Then Captain America finally gets to where the Red Skull is not necessarily hiding out, but he's watching all the events unfold on a, a bunch of monitors. So he hasn't actually been engaged in any of the hand-to-hand combat as of yet. So Captain America finds a secret room. He approaches the Red Skull, but then finds that Skull's already dead. And how is he dead? Well, this is messed up, but Spider-Man snuck in there, used his webbing to suffocate him by building uh, basically a mask over his mouth and nose and uh so spider-man killed the red skull this way gets revenge as he's been seeking but it looks like in that process he was shot because spider-man says always wondered if that trick would work speaking of the suffocation by web found out huh found out i'm not so bulletproof either and then that's his last line he falls to the ground captain america picks him up actually crying he says your suffering is over son I only wish you could have lived to see the victory you helped achieve. When the role of heroes is called, I'll make sure Peter Parker's name is near the top. And that's how the issue ends with now 
this team of heroes, Captain America holding the American flag, Nick Fury right behind him, a lot of the other expatriates I've already mentioned, they're all standing kind of in their hero pose and I guess taking out the Red Skull and Baron Zemo and Strucker. Seems like that did the trick. So no uh, no real resolution to the story with Doctor Doom. That just kind of goes away after they beat his team of bad guys. So, you know, I kind of, you know, walked through that pretty quickly. But to be honest, this was a pretty awesome story. I, I, I like the idea that if Captain America hadn't been around, there is a possibility much worse, worse things could have happened in the world. And what would it be like if he did wake up after those worst things happened? I feel like this is a story that they could redo, maybe not right away, because in current Marvel comics, they've had a heavy Captain America event story already. But maybe in a couple of years, they could come back to something along these same lines, uh, sort of an alternate universe where Cap wasn't revived until right now. And we can walk through what kind of events happened because he wasn't there to make a difference. I feel like this could be a really cool event. So I... This second one I liked a lot more. I don't know if I should say a lot more. Definitely more. Whereas last time I had a two-parter, I felt like they were pretty even. Kind of the one story flowed. Uh, I really liked. I liked the, in the background in the first part of the uh, the story, but all the stuff with Nick Fury's team and then actually having their final stand against the Nazis that was really good. So final ratings. I think with uh, Captain America becoming president, I'll give that a three, including also the. Uh, I didn't talk about the man thing story, but since that backup was there, I'll give that a three as well. So overall, that comic was a three. What if Captain America were, were revived today? Part one, I'll give a 3.5. And for sure, the winner for today is what if Captain America were revived? Part two. Now I said this side, do I want to say four or 4.5? Uh, I definitely liked it. I guess I'll just go with four. Play it safe. Uh, don't want to give it too high of a score right off the bat. That's only what if challenge number two. So, uh, but yeah, definitely like this one a lot. And just really, this story as a whole, I felt was felt like was really strong. I, I would like to see some sort of updated version of it in modern Marvel. So who knows? Maybe they'll do it someday. So before I close out here, I had mentioned in the last what if challenge episode that I wanted to make some sort of what if recommendation, uh, something that's maybe set in an alternate universe or a parallel universe and uh, kind of tied into what we just read here all together tonight. So I'm looking at a Captain America story that came out relatively soon, uh, or relatively recently, I should say. Uh, right around the time of Secret Wars, they were releasing tons of stories that were what-if in, in their style. And in fact, in the last what-if challenge, I had mentioned Spider-Man's story called Renew Your Vows, an alternate history Spider-Man story that I really liked. Well... During Secret War, Secret Wars, uh, there was an alternate Civil War story, and that was really, I mean, with I guess with Renew Your Vows and this Civil War, I think those were my top two Secret Wars tie-in alternate universe stories. So I definitely want to recommend. Uh, I think it's just called Civil War. Probably, I don't know, it might be Volume Two, but it's it's not Part Two. It's just an alternate universe version of What If the Civil War from the early 2000s had went differently. What if it had never really ended, I guess, in, in a sense is what you could call it. But yeah, go check that out. came out in 2015, I want to say. Uh, and 
I won't go too much into it. I'm sure you know Civil War was Iron Man versus Captain America. So it kind of continues that storyline. There's a little bit of a twist as to why things are different. And yeah, definitely want to highly recommend that. So check that out. Maybe even that's one I could even see myself discussing sometime in the future on the show. But for now, we'll be back with more What If Challenge in the future. Uh, Next one will be an X-Men centric What If Challenge. So watch for that. But for now, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson. Signing off.